I just want to do God's will. The kind of revolution that the world needs is a Christian revolution. If you want a miracle, you've got to expect it to happen. You are the recipients of God's grace and God's blessings, and you rejoice in that reality. Well, happy Monday. Hope you had a good weekend. We're going to kick off the week right here because we're going to talk about something we all want, and that is God's favor, his blessings on our life. We ask for it all the time, but it can become one of those things that's a little bit just part of your language if you're in the church, you know, but what does it mean? What what are God's blessings? Are they available to everyone? Does God have favors? Does he pick and choose? Maybe you think, I'm outside of God's favor, outside of his blessing. Is it something that he's waiting on us to do something to to receive or to step into? What, what exactly is this thing, this idea of blessing or favor? Well, that's the topic today. I invite you to be a part of the conversation if you're watching us live. My guest today is Pastor Terry A. Smith. He is the lead pastor at the Life Christian Church in West Orange, New Jersey, just outside of Newark, for those of you up in that part of the world. Uh, and he's got a new book out. It is called, okay, that my click's ready. See, that's live for you. There's the book. It's called The Lord Bless You. Uh, it's a 28-day devotional. And it says it's a journey to experience God's extravagant blessings. What does that look? You're going to find out, hopefully, by the end of this program. <laughs> Pastor Terry, great to have you on Life Today Live. It is absolutely great to be with you. Thank you, Randy. So uh, I, I, this is obviously something that you've dealt with uh, being a pastor for 30, 31 years. Um, what, what, is, what is a blessing? What, what, what does that whole thing even mean when you look at it? Well, I, I, I define it like this. I say that to be blessed is to be in harmonious relationship with God who wants to do good in you, to you, and through you. I'll say it again because it's a little bit of a mouthful. I talk a lot about this. To be blessed is to be in harmonious relationship with God who wants to do good in you, to you, and through you. I'm guessing that some people doubt that because of the good part. Because not everything that happens to us is good. Not everything in life is good. Much about this world is not good. Uh, how critical is that that God's goodness be at the forefront of even understanding that? Well, God's goodness is, as you well know, part of his character. It's part of who he is. He can't not be good. <laughs> he has all power, but his power is restrained by the fact that he's good and he can only do good. So... I like to talk about how that sometimes a good God is doing good in us, even when it doesn't feel like good is being done to us. We have to trust that God truly out of his goodness is only capable of doing good. And even when bad things happen, uh, because this world is fallen and bad things do happen, that's very real. God in his goodness even takes those things and he works them out for our good. He is always doing good. And uh, sometimes it's apparent, you know, we see him doing good to us and, and it shows up in ways that are very obvious in our lives. But whether we see it or not, he is doing good in us, to us, and through us. So you, you've got a couple of phrases there, in us, uh, through us. It sounds very 
internal. Uh, and I think, I, I, well, I know from some of my <laughs> travelings in different circles uh, in, in different churches, uh, sometimes we, we tend to measure God's blessing by the external. What's the balance you there you think there between looking at someone, you know, externally material things or maybe the immaterial things like, you know, uh, their whole family loves Jesus, so they're obviously blessed by God. You hear what I'm saying? Versus the internal workings. I think that blessing does show up externally. I think the most important part of what is happening to us, though, is what's happening in us. Uh, and sometimes, you, you know, a, a beautiful story to me of what blessing looks like. In fact, even if I have a chapter in, in the Lord bless you called prosperity redefined. One of the great case studies of blessing is the story of Joseph in the old Testament. You're very familiar with it. And I'm sure most of your, uh, watchers and followers are as well, but it's good to be reminded that Joseph starts out with his dream a God-given dream, and then he goes on this journey that takes a, quite a long period of time until he ends up where he knew God had called him. And along the way, he gets sold into slavery, but we're told that when he was sold into slavery that he was blessed or prospered in the, in the house of Potiphar. Mm -hmm. Then he ends up in prison, and we're told that he was blessed or prospered in the house of, of in, in prison. Now, that didn't mean that he was driving a Rolls Royce, obviously. It was the furthest thing from what was going on. But God was doing good in him, preparing him for the things that he would do good to him in more obvious ways. And then he was also blessed when he was the second most powerful person in the world, actually saving the world. Hmm. It's a beautiful example of God doing good in someone, God doing good to someone, God doing good through someone. I, I think it's just difficult for us to try to perfectly explain what a blessing should look like. I mean, sometimes things will happen in our lives that seem like the furthest thing in the world from a blessing. Yeah. But it's not until we get further away from it and look back and we say, I can't imagine my life without that challenging thing having happened. It was a blessing, but it was a blessing in disguise. Yeah, it's interesting that you point to him because just because I mean he was he was thrown in a pit, and a lot of people feel like they've been thrown in a pit. Uh, he was sold into slavery, and a lot of people are in bondage to different things. Uh, and then he was falsely accused and put in prison. And I think a lot of people go, you know, hey, I have been mistreated in life, and I am stuck because of it. Yet you're saying you can be blessed in those circumstances, which would be the last thing anybody would consider to be blessed um, how do we how do we get to the blessing in our pit or our prison or our bondage I think part of it Randy is that we have to believe what God says about himself in his word mm -hmm. and what scripture says about God's good intentions toward us and one thing that's absolutely too in true in scripture is that repeatedly we're told some 500 times in scripture that God's heart is to bless us. The very first interaction between God and people in recorded history, Genesis 128, it says God blessed them. Hmm. 
And that tells us so much about what's, what God's heart is toward us, regardless the story of humanity. I mean, God blessed Adam and Eve, and then they, they fell. But uh, there are many scholars who say that all of Scripture is really the story of God working through history to bring his blessing back to humanity. Mm. And mm-hmm. so the very first thing that happens in Scripture between God and people, we're told God blessed them, then he purposed them. Then they fell, and then, you know, he in, he starts over with Noah. The first thing we're told about his relationship with Noah and his sons after they get off the ark is that God blessed them. And then he chooses Abraham, and what we're told about his relationship with Abraham is that God blessed him and told him that he would bless the world through him. And there we're told in very explicit terms, he blessed Isaac, he blessed Jacob. You get this sense that God is determined to bring the blessing back. Now, blessing shows up to us now in the context of a fallen world. The world's messed up. It it is fallen. But blessing shows up nonetheless. And we know that history ends with us living in the full blessing God intended. The very last chapter of Scripture, Revelation 22, we're told the curse is removed, we're restored to Eden, and we're restored back to God's full blessing. This tells us what God's heart is toward us. So regardless what any of us may be facing today, we must know that God, if he woke up in the morning, which he doesn't because he doesn't sleep or slumber, but if he woke up in the morning, the first thing on his mind is how much he wants to bless you. This is God's heart. And we connect to that through faith and aligning our lives with God's good intentions. Okay, so you just answered my next question in in short form, which is the big question of how do we get there. So, what does it what does it look like practically to align yourself with God's blessings? There's this powerful passage in Ephesians where we're told that there exist in the heavenly realm all spiritual blessings. And the heavenly realm isn't talking about heaven, the headquarters of God, though that place obviously exists, but that passage is talking about the spiritual environment in which we live, that there is in the the spirit realm, there exists every heaven, every blessing, every spiritual blessing. The question is, how do we, it's almost as if, how do we reach into the spirit realm and bring those blessings into our lives to where they're real and lived? Right, right. Well, the, the most important thing, as always in our relationship with God, is faith. As simple as it is, the most important thing, the first thing that we must do is believe God's word and God's good intentions toward us. It, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Faith connects us to God and God's good intentions. And then We must live, I think, every day with an expectation. We should walk out in the world every day expecting to be blessed. And then I think that we we need to align ourselves um, with God's good intentions. And we align ourselves with God's, God's good intention when we, by grace, try to live life as he designed it to be lived. And um, none of us do that perfectly. But I think that God's not expecting us to do it perfectly. Uh, he's helping us to do it and uh, is full of mercy and grace. And he sees our heart and our good intentions. And I think that our good intentions help connect us to God's good intentions. 
you know, when you talk about aligning, um, you're, you're old enough to remember, you know, the old radios with the dials. Uh, and for any of you who are under 30, we have this old box that would run on, on batteries or you could plug it in and you pull this antenna out and you twist this dial and you get music or talking or sports, right? You're, I, I know, I know you remember these, these things. <laughs> I have to explain. I have, no, I have no memory. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> but when I think about the alignment into a spiritual realm that we can't see, you know, that some people don't even think is there. If you went back 200 years and you told somebody, Hey, there's all these radio waves everywhere right now. And people be like, what, what are you talking about? I don't see anything. Nobody. If you can tune in with a radio, you can pick up, you know, news from around the world and sports and music, all kinds of music. I mean, they would literally think you were nuts, but I think it's a little bit like tuning yourself to the spiritual realm which we can do through scripture, through prayer, through worship. And then you start to hear things that you wouldn't otherwise hear. And, and I think of the Holy Spirit as sort of our, our radio, you know. Uh, does that crude example explain a little bit of what you're talking about? I think that's a fantastic example, and I appreciate it. Part of, part of that analogy also reminds us God's always speaking. Yeah, the right. question is whether or not we're tuned in, whether or not we're listening. And I think that there's a similarity between that and this whole idea of actualizing the blessings that are ours in the spiritual spiritual realm. That there there isn't there is an appropriation, there is a connection between us and what God wants for us. But but I don't think it's that hard. I think it's believing. I think it's living with expectancy. I think it's it's getting up every day and saying God as much as you will give me the grace to, I'm going to, I'm going to live life the way you designed it. I'm going to partner with you in doing your work in this world. I think if we give God half a chance, he's going to bless us. <laughs> yeah. I mean, right. when you, when you, when you look at scripture, Randy, it is just impossible to ignore how much God wants to bless you. And I think if, if we lived with that awareness every day, God wants to bless me. And, and the reason that, that he blesses us ultimately is because he wants to. I mean, it's a very simple thing to consider, but it's, it's a decision he made. Mm. It's something that comes out of grace. Mm. It's something he wants to do. All we need to do is align ourselves with what God wants, already wants to do in our lives. We're talking to Pastor Terry A. Smith, uh, kind of out of a devotional that's available now. It's called The Lord Bless You. Uh, 28-day devotional, and you've divided this thing, uh, Pastor Terry, into blessing, purpose, people, and gratitude. Uh, and I know we don't have time to get into the details of all those. Yeah, you'll have to get the book. But what what's sort of the idea behind that framework when we're speaking of blessing? And I mean, we, blessing is one of them, but purpose, people, and, and gratitude, those are... Well, not, it's all... Yeah. it's. It's all about blessing. And so part of it is just the practicality of dividing this, this devotional book. It's uh, a little bit more than a devotional. It's pretty substantive, but it's divided into 28 inspirational readings that, um, that one can go through in 28 days if they like, or four weeks, hence the four parts. But the four parts represent four really big ideas. So the first part is blessing. It's an explanation of what blessing is, how to receive blessing, and so on. 
The next part is purpose. And this is a really big idea, Randy. It's that in Genesis chapter one, verse 28, in God's first interaction with humanity, we're told God blessed them. But then immediately we're told that he purposed them. He told them to be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and fill it and subdue it and govern it. In other words, God blessed them and then he told them what he made them to do. And I talk at length about how blessing is is inextricably connected to purpose. We are blessed when we're doing what God made us to do. It's not just like I'm blessed so I can hang out and live this nice little life. God, in fact, is calling us to his great adventure. He's calling us to get involved in what he's doing in the world. And by the way, what he's doing in the world fundamentally is the same thing that he created Adam and Eve to do. He's partnering with people to bring his kingdom to rule over this planet. And um, that's still what we're all called to find our place in. So blessing is inextricably connected to purpose. So the first section is blessing, the second section is purpose, and then the third section is people. And that's, you know, again, really huge and flows from the first two. Over and over and over in Scripture, when God blessed people, it wasn't just that he was blessing them, but he was he was wanting to bless the world through them. I mean, Abraham is the big, you know, uh, example of that, where God said, Abraham, I'm going to bless you and you're going to be a blessing, and the world is going to be blessed through you. Mm-hmm. When when each of us enter into covenant with God, he blesses us so he can bless through us. And so I talk a lot about how we are called to bless people and how to bless people around us, from the blessing we bring to our children to uh, the blessing we bring to our communities. Yeah. And then the fourth section is gratitude, which is just, you know, when someone blesses you, the obvious response is to be grateful. And uh, when we're thankful for what we have been given, then God always gives us more. It's interesting that you mentioned the, the idea, which translated in some versions as subdue the earth, Adam and Eve, they were to subdue. Um, another way to translate that would be cultivate. And I was talking to John Bevere here a few weeks ago, and, and he gets into the idea of scriptural cultivation, which is, to tend to and to improve. And I think, you know, that obviously when you look at the land, if you're going to have a garden, you have to tend to that garden uh, and you are constantly improving it. And then you enjoy the fruits of that, which would be the, the blessing of that. And I, I think I think you're really on to something in the idea uh, when you talk about people, when you, when you tend to people's needs, uh, their spiritual needs especially, but also their physical needs, and you improve their lives, I think there's a natural, I think it's just the way God built the earth is, is we are blessed. Uh, and so the obedience to that calling uh, of, of the sim- simplicity of it, you know, look around you, see what needs tending to, go out and improve someone's life. Uh, I think there's a lot of blessing just inherently built in that there's not a lot of striving necessary for that. You know, there's not a lot of posturing or positioning. It's just kind of doing what God said to do. Do you see the obedience being the real key to experiencing God's blessing in our lives? Yeah, it's faith and and obedience, or to even put it simpler, just partnering with God and what he's doing in the world. Yeah. And I love the way that you just talked about cultivation, and I completely agree. In fact, we're in a series right now 
at the Life Christian Church called Cultivate Paradise. We launched the yeah, year nice. by launching the book. We launched the year by launching the book. Actually, a number of churches around the country did series around the book called The Lord Bless You. And we followed it with a series called Cultivate Paradise, which is exactly the idea that you're talking about. If you want to find out what life's supposed to look like, you have to look at the, the creation story. You have to look at Eden. You have to look at God's purpose for Adam. And one of the things Adam was doing was he was working and caring for the garden. He was cultivating paradise. Yep. Even though God put him in that beautiful place, he still created Adam to participate mm -hmm. in making paradise everything it was meant to be. And if we're going to have and live in God's full blessing, there is, there is an active cultivation of the good things, the God things in our lives, where we're helping those things become everything God intends them to be. I, the last thing I want to do is is not is to get into a, an eschatology argument at the end of an interview because that's too big. Wonderful. But, oh, wow. <laughs> I, I know, right? But he, so, but here's my question because I do see that that some some people put off God's full blessing uh, into a, a future state. And I understand that that we're in, living in a fallen world that there is obviously more coming in a positive direction. But I also look at Christ and I go, well, what more blessing do you want than Christ in us, right? Um, how much of God's blessing should we expect in this life? And I, I love that question, and I wish we had more time. So I don't know what would be worse, ending with uh, an eschatological discussion or a reference to the prophecy of Ezekiel. So <laughs> I, I, I'll one-up you and, and reference the, Ezekiel 34. Nice. So Ezekiel 34, uh, and please give me the signal when I need to stop. Nah, you know what? 34, We're not on any hard kind of, There's just go, just go. All right. So Ezekiel 34, Jerusalem had just been overrun by the Babylonians. Ezekiel's already exiled, and word comes to him that... Um, now all the Jews are going to be exiled from Jerusalem. Okay. And, and a word of prophecy comes to Ezekiel that he speaks to all of these Jews who are about to enter into at least 70 years of exile and into a terrible situation. He said, um, he said God is going to make wherever you are, even in the wilderness, a place of blessing. And he said, in, in fact, there are going to be showers of blessing. And uh, I, I wish I remembered the whole text off the top of my head. But the bottom line is he was saying, even in your exile, wherever you are is going to be blessed. And it's where that term that's so familiar to most of us comes from. God says there will be showers of blessing. Who was that spoken to? It was spoken to people being exiled sent into the wilderness, separated from God's best for them for at least 70 years. Mm. And there's a, there's a three-part uh, prophetic implication there. One was uh, that there, it's a messianic prophecy that Jesus is going to come and set everything right at some point. Secondly, it was a prophecy that in 70 years you're going to return back to Jerusalem. But also it was a prophecy to people in the then and now. People discouraged, hurting, being marched from from Jerusalem to Babylon to serve out 70 years. But God said, I want you to know, even in this present reality, even between now and the time when everything is made right, wherever you are is going to be blessed. You are going to experience showers of blessing.
dude, that's that's stout. That's strong. That's encouraging. And I think if, if you look, especially some of the Old Testament, you know, they're looking forward to Christ. But we have, but we've that that part's fulfilled. We have Christ, and so I see no reason why we shouldn't experience God's blessing <laughs> and wherever we're at, even if it feels like a pit or a prison. You know, uh, this is good. This is good. I, I I'll let you go, but I'm gonna let you have the last word, even though that was. That was worthy of ending on. Is there anything you want to add? Anything you want? Do you have? Any, I know your sermons are probably on your website, podcast, or any events that you want to talk about. Uh, yeah, thanks. I mean, um, so we have put together a sermon kit around the Lord bless you. Okay. Uh, a four or five week sermon kit that churches around the country have been. In fact, I was in speaking in Dubai last week. There are churches in Dubai that are going through the Lord bless you, wow. and. Um, and so that sermon kit is available free uh, on my website, terryasmith.com. So the sermon kit is available free at terryasmith.com. And then, you know, I, I hope that people will pick the book up. I'm really grateful. It's doing really well. People are buying it, buying it for their friends. And uh, I'm speaking at a church this week where they're, they've bought a copy for uh, all of their stakeholder donors. Uh, and so... Um, I'm grateful to be with you and you know, I want to spread blessing everywhere and this gives me an opportunity to do that. Well, and that's according to what you're saying. And I believe it. that's what God wants to do in our lives. Amen. <laughs> you can be blessed. If you want to read a little more about it, pick up, uh, the Lord bless you right now. It looks just like this, wherever you get books and hit that share button. Bless someone else today. If you haven't liked, followed or subscribed, do that. Uh, it's all about God's blessing, and we want to bless you here on Life Today Live. So we appreciate you being here, and come back again next time.